welcome to Your Property Podcast. My name is Michelle Kearns and today we have Richard Evans with us. Hi Richard. Hi Michelle, how are you doing? Great, thank you. So Richard's going to be talking to us about corporate lets and service accommodation, how he runs them and his experience. So Richard, just could you start us off by saying, telling people who are listening about how, um, how, how do you got into this? How did you get into service accommodation and, and why you've chosen corporate lets as a as a ten, well, it's not ten, it's a client profile. So I got into serviced accommodation in 2016, I think it was. Um, and um, yeah, I went along to a property seminar and um, somebody was talking about serviced accommodation and um, how there's the opportunities with service to, um, to, to, to make some, some good profits. Um, so um, I decided then to look into it a little bit more and at that time I, I thought right well I'll give this a try with, uh, with one of my properties um, and it, it went very well and yes there are more profits to be made with service accommodation but I think it's also important for people to understand that um, it, 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 uh, it does come at a price, um, it, uh, it, it is more involved than um than both single lets and hmos um service accommodation is a is a hospitality business so it does take a lot more time and effort so it's not an easy ride but if you do it well then um then there are there are good opportunities there so yes um i i i tried it with the first one and then i found that um you know, I enjoyed it as well. Um, so I started to turn my attention more over to service accommodation than the other strategies. Okay. And um, so obviously you did, you know, the first one that you looked at was one that you already had. Was that one you owned or was it on a rent to rent basis? Um, so that was a property that I owned that I already had and I'd been renting that out um, on ASTs for, um, for quite a few years before that. Okay. Uh, whereabouts in the country are you operating? So that that property uh, is down on the south coast, um, but uh, the my other properties are sent, uh, around Hertfordshire and Bedfordshire. Okay. That's my main focus now. So when you decided this, uh, the property that you had, you thought, I'll, you know, you'll try it out on that one. Um, what did you? How did, you know? How did you know it was going to work or? Because obviously, you, when you put it on the online on Booking.com, you're sort of committing to lots of bookings going forward, aren't you? Um, did you sort of have some background knowledge to do the research up front, or did you just think, well, let's just give it a go and see what happens? Yeah, no. Well, so I did actually do um, some very, very minor training. I went to to, to a seminar when I decided that that, that I wanted to, uh, to to give it a go. So. Um, I did go to a seminar, um, did a bit of research, um, and um, then I decided that with that one, I would I'd give it a try. I did learn, you know, I learned by my <laughs> mistakes as well, as, as you do. Um, so yes, it was really very much sort of um, diving in at the deep end, making a few mistakes, making some, some changes, tweaks. Uh, I think at first I was only using Airbnb um, I wasn't using Booking.com in the in the early days. So, and my advice to anybody really would be start small and then scale up. So, you know, service accommodation. I think it's it's wise to start off with one or two properties, 
um, learn what the business is about, learn the ropes, and then once you've um, once you've got a bit of experience under your belt, then to start scaling. Okay. And um, when you started out with Airbnb, were you targeting a particular type of client or guest? Was or was it um, you know just sort of you put it out there and then and then people just came? Was it you know holiday makers or it really corporates? was. Yeah, it was because it was on the south coast. I mean, I, I, I didn't know what I know now and don't know what you don't know either. Mm. So it really was, you know, I put it on to see, to give it a try and see if, uh, see what, what it would generate. Um, and of course, where, because of the location of it, it, it is more leisure. It's down on the south mm. coast. So what's the leisure, um, profile guest that, uh, that I was getting there. Um, and yeah, very much trying it out and it, mm. and it worked well. Yeah. So when you decided, okay, right, I'm putting it online, it's, it's out there for people to book. So the first like three to six months, how busy was it? You know, do you get people booking straight there and then the same day or was it just more, did it take time to build up? So I was fortunate um, uh, that when I started, when I first listed that property, it was in season. Right. So, you know, it was quite seasonal down there. Um, and um, so, and just using uh, Airbnb, I was getting quite a lot of bookings. I was probably getting, you know, 50, 60% uh, occupancy rate pretty early on. So it does build up. I think. I think really, uh, people should be prepared when they first um, starting the service accommodation, first list of property. People should be prepared, but it's going to build up over over a period of time. They're not like it's unlikely that people are going to put their property on and straight away they're going to get 70 percent occupancy rates. And so, yeah, depending on the on the area and the guest profile and the marketing that you're doing. Um, then um, it, it, it's going to build up. But this is about corporate lets, so it's really important if, you're st- if, if corporate lets is what you want to go for, that you pick your area wisely, you, you pick the property wisely, and you also make sure that you are, you, you are doing the marketing, you're getting the exposure, um, so that you would attract those corporate clients. So if 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 it's particularly corporate that you're going after then you do need to make sure that you're in in an in, a, in an area such as reading or milton Keynes or cambridge where you've got lots of good corporate clients um that you're located in the right part of town um and that, it, that it's the right sort of property so it's got to be if you're looking for, for corporate clients that are going to be there for long term then you really need to make sure that it's in the right building, it's the right area, it's you know, it's modern, okay. it's well, and you're designing for that particular market. I've just realised we haven't. What What is your definition of corporate lets? So corporate lets are really you're looking for. So you're looking for companies um, as opposed to individuals, um, and you are providing. So it's called serviced accommodation because what you're providing is serviced accommodation so it's an alternative to a hotel um, you have got to be able to provide the quality that a four-star hotel is, is going to provide you're doing things like obviously linen changes and cleaning on a regular basis um, you may be providing um, 
concierge service, 24-hour reception, these sort of things. So you're really providing a, a high-quality um, accommodation as a hotel alternative um, that's all about service. It's about hospitality. Um, and if you do that, then we, unlike leisure guests, where the leisure guests may be only booking for a week, maybe two weeks maximum, your corporate guest, um, they are likely to be there long term. So you can have a corporate guest that may be there for several weeks, several months, maybe even a year. Um, it's a corporate, so it is a guest that is down there to work. They're looking for high quality hotel alternative whilst they're there. Okay. And um, how do you find, you know, you're saying you're looking for business rather than an individual, but where would people start for looking for businesses to approach? So you obviously want to be looking for who are the major employers in that particular area. So if you're, let's take Reading as, a, as an example, um, you've got um, in Reading, you've got a lot of high tech clients, um, there's some big, big companies there. So you would find out who are those major companies um, and market those directly. You can go on to um, websites to see who, the, you know, the, the, the local websites. You can go on to LinkedIn to identify um, HR uh, personnel working for those large companies, um, the, the sort of people within the companies that would be booking properties um, and contacting them and building those relationships. Okay. And would they be open to speaking to this? Obviously, you know, if people are starting out, they might just have one or two units rather than they can, you know, housing hundreds of people. But uh, do you think the HR managers would be open to, you know, speaking to you on LinkedIn about your property? Yes, definitely. Definitely oh, they will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's good to know. <laughs> um, and then how does it work then? So obviously it's, you know, somewhere between this Airbnb kind of, you know, the um, the weekend stay and then a HMO. So it's somewhere sort of sits in between. What if they, you know, there's some damage caused or the, the company doesn't pay? I mean, I'm assuming that really doesn't happen where the company doesn't pay, but I don't know, you know, because it's not an AST, is it? So what are you sort it's of liable AST, for? It's unlikely that's going to happen. So you are renting it out to the company still under a license agreement as if you were renting it out to a leisure guest through Airbnb or booking.com. Um, so that, that, that is the same. It's highly unlikely. You're, it's less likely that you're going to get um, damages and um, late payments from, mm. from a, a corporate client um, than actually from a leisure client. Um, so I don't think that's really something to um, to be too concerned about. Gen right. gen and, and also, um, I mean, that's one of the attractions with serviced accommodation is that um, there is really less risk attached to it than than um, than, than with with a, perhaps a HMO or, or an AST uh, rental. With with HMOs and 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 single lets. Yes, you do get damage to properties. You do get tenants that don't pay the rent, um, that suddenly disappear. These things happen, that's, that's part of what goes with it. And obviously we do things to minimize that. But with serviced accommodation, you tend not to get that, that so much, um, and particularly with corporate mm, Okay, uh, do they pay monthly, um, the businesses? 
so normally they will pay, yeah so normally they will pay in advance of the actual booking um so um depending on how long they have actually booked for they would normally pay all of that up front if however you had a direct booking and they were saying look we're going to need this apartment for for a year then it's also highly likely they're going to want to negotiate with you and um and agree exactly how they're going to be paying on and if you had the choice of all different guest types, you know, is corporate let's, would that be sort of top of the list or would you, you know, is it more like it works in that area, but actually if I had the choice, it'd be holiday let's or? Yeah, so area specific. Um, and if you are, so if I was in Cambridge, I would, I would certainly be targeting or, or Reading, I would certainly, mm. be, maybe I should say Reading more than Cambridge. In Reading, it's people generally don't go there for, for a weekend break or for a week's <laughs> holiday. Um, so um, you would definitely be targeting those uh, those corporate clients. Um, and um, yeah, it, the, you know, you, you are going to maximise your returns from corporate clients, um, but you will probably also have to invest a bit more in the property as well. So the corporate guests, they are going to be looking for more facilities. The, the the property that you select um, may be maybe of a different type so it could be an apartment in a block where I say they may have a 24-hour reception there it may be that in the block they also have an on-site gym and other facilities these are all the sort of things that are going to appeal more to a corporate client than perhaps um, just just a, a one-bed or a two-bed apartment um, in a in a small block mm it's quite a different model isn't it from just obviously the weekend you know tourists or hen parties that kind of thing so it's i think it's important that people realize it's quite a different model in terms of how you set it up so i mean to me it seems like for me it seems like a better option to have somebody in their long term but i'm assuming there's there's a lower rate but then at the same time if there's a, a lower rate because people are staying longer there's also less costs from linen changes and that kind of thing than if you have people on a nightly basis. How does it all even out? Yeah, so the, it, it's not necessarily going to be um, substantially lower. What they will be benchmarking against is the cost of a hotel room. Right. And four-star hotel room, not, not, not the Premier Inn. <laughs> so you're providing, you're providing good quality. They're looking for good quality accommodation where... Um, the guest is going to have the space that they don't have uh, in a hotel, so you know, separate sleeping and living areas, um, a nice kitchen area where they've got good cooking facilities so they can prepare meals themselves, they don't have to go out in an evening. So you are providing a lot of benefits over hotel accommodation. If somebody um, is there long term, they, they want to make this their space and they, they want to be comfortable there. Um, so it's going to be much more attractive to them than staying in, in a hotel and um, you can charge four-star hotel rates for that so you don't necessarily need to undersell it um, right. because they're okay. there for they're there for a long term now you may you may obviously give a discount if they're if they're there for you know, several weeks then then you may charge a lower rate than um, than if they were just booking it for a week um, However, as you just said, your other costs are lower, so you're going to reduce on your cleaning costs, um, and you are not going to have so many voids. Mm. 
Yeah. Okay. And I know some people who they've got, say, an apartment and they rent it out to corporates during the week, and then they've got holiday guests at the weekend. Um, how is that? Is that the norm, or um, would would you think corporate lets would be more inclined to just take the unit, like you know, for the six weeks solid? Yeah, they're gonna. They're more likely to want to take the unit for the six weeks solid, um, and they may not be there at the weekends, but they don't want to be taking their, their yeah. belongings out, out of the property so that somebody else can move in yeah. there for the weekend. So you would, you would bear that in mind when setting the pricing. Okay. Um, okay. So what about then outsourcing? Because this is obviously something that you specialise in. Um, did you have, so you've got your own uh, virtual assistant company and is that something you had from day one or did you learn the ropes first and then bring people on to help? So no, I, I did learn the ropes first. I did do it, uh, did do it all myself at first. Um, but uh, having said that, I also had a full-time job when I first started. So um, it's not as though I had um, plenty of time available to me. Um, and so it was quite soon that, uh, that, that, that I realised that uh, I would need a bit of help with this if I wanted to, um, to really sort of scale up. Um, so I think um, it's, yeah, anybody that really wants to take this seriously, you will need outside assistance. Don't try and do it all your own because you, you just won't get there. It's, it's time intensive. Um, and yes, we, we provide BAs that are trained in service accommodation, they're, they're trained in how to use all the, the software, the processes to go through. So we, we can take all of that, all of that headache and pain away um, for operators. Um, and if you do try and do it yourself, you're going to find um, you're going to find yourself a, a very busy person. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty consistent advice across the board, really, in, when it comes to service accommodation. And I think even if you do have the time to go and uh, you know be ironing the linen and, and hoovering, it really isn't the best use of your time. And sort of, you know, there's no obviously no way that you can scale from that. If you if you if you are um, dealing with the operational side, we'll, we'll put clean to one <laughs> to one side. But if you're dealing with the admin and the operations side of the business um, yourself, and you can use a virtual assistant to actually do that, um, you're valuing your time at seven pounds fifty an hour. Mm -hmm. So that's not really a sensible yeah. way to go ahead. You are far better to have a virtual assistant that's doing this for you. That's do also they're doing it day in, day out. So they're probably going to do it a lot better than you. They'll be mm. more attentive, not getting other distractions. And that leaves you to focus on the on the more higher value tasks within the business. Yeah. Do you think it's something that you, you know, um, you would need to, because I'm thinking about people who have single lets and they just have maybe one property that they've um, inherited, you know, as they've, as they've gone on through the life. But um is it something is it like a business you think needs to be scaled in order to work to maximize the profits or would it be possible for somebody well, i mean it's possible but would it suit somebody to have one unit let's say they've got a flat and they're interested in service accommodation they're not really bothered about having a big business they just want to use that property more effectively and earn more money from it um you know is that something that you think is worthwhile or should they just stick to single us no, I th there, there is economy of scale. So um, I would say 
perhaps if you're just doing one property only and you only want to stick with one property, you, you don't want to grow your business, you know, it's, a, it, it, it's to bring in a little bit of extra income, then okay, so maybe that's, a, you know, that, that's fine you want to do it, do it that way and the property is local to where you are but um, I mean they could still maybe, bring on it like it's still bring on people as in a, a VA or whatever but is it enough do you think it's worth the efforts to do it on one or really is this for people who want to run a service accommodation business and scale up and have a, you know there must be a point where a uh, tipping point where actually this becomes hands-off almost you know as possible well, Sure, there's a couple of things there. So most of the people that I talk to are not content with having one property that <laughs> brings in a little bit of income. Okay, most of, most of the people that, um, that are subscribing to this magazine and um, you know, going to events uh, are looking to have a property business that they can grow and maybe not scale it up to you know, multiple units located all over the country, but certainly want to be having more than one um, so you know, that's why the people are buying this magazine and subscribing mm -hmm. to it. So um, I think for and, and for everybody that I speak to, they're looking for more from their business and don't want to be bogged down working in the business, but would rather be working on it. So um, I think um, from that point of view, it's really important to leverage your time, use use resources that are available to you. Um, you wouldn't be doing the cleaning yourself. You <laughs> And by the same token, you really don't want to be dealing with guest bookings, using a channel manager, and taking payments, doing your books, looking for new properties, all of these things that go with, with, with running a business, um, you, you really do need to, need to have help with. Okay. Um, so with that in mind, then, if most people are going to be looking at, uh, okay, even if they smart, start small with one property, really setting things up, um in or you know with the view to scale up what type of things should they look to put in place from day one that will just make their lives easier a on that property but it'll be easier to scale yeah so start off with the channel manager so the channel manager will keep all of the um ota uh, listings all in sync when a booking is um perhaps made on uh, booking.com it will also block those dates out on all of the other OTA sites. Um, it will send a notification to the cleaners that, um, that these, these are the guests that are arriving at such and such a time on such and such a date, and this is the number of people within the party. So the cleaners get the information that they need. Um, it will um, send a confirmation to the guests to say, to confirm these are the dates that you've booked and this is, this is the amount, etc. Um, so all of that becomes automated. Um, and um, when it comes to taking payments, that's all done through the channel manager as well. Um, so that really sort of ties everything together. And so that is one of the first things to, 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 to start to use. Um, also, there's other, other bits of software that, um, that you should be using with your VA. So one of the things we do is we send out house rules that have to be agreed to. And we sign that, we send those out using some software called Signable. So the guest will receive that, the company will receive that, it will list out what the house rules are. They will then sign that electronically and return it to us. We will also ask for, so security is an important thing nowadays as well. 
Um, there's a lot of stolen credit cards and debit cards out there. So whether it's corporate or, or private guests, um, follow the same process whereby um, you make sure that you've got all of the details of the, the, that are on the actual card. We ask people to send us um, ID, photo ID um, of the cardholder's name and also um, a copy of the card so that uh, all of the numbers are blocked out apart from the last four digits and just tie up everything there to make sure that it is a legitimate card and you've done those security checks and then you're going to minimize the risk of um, uh, of any chargebacks um, because if you do take a payment from a from a stolen card then um, that money would have to be obviously returned to the to the correct person and you would lose that revenue and that's you know that's something that people are struggling with um, it's happening more and more so that's very important to do that so all of these sort of things are are, are are what the VA can actually do for you right okay okay if somebody has a property that they have been using as Airbnb they've been testing the water and they have some bookings like booked in going forward so that let's say they have the odd weekend here and there and you know a few nights how can they experiment with corporate letting and switch to them if they have these these bookings already scattered throughout the diary how can they block out six weeks would they just cancel future bookings so um yes and is that a risk because then you've got obviously nobody there is a risk um i think what i would really encourage people to do and this is certainly what i do is get to know who the other uh, operators are in your area and network with them um, because there may well be times when um, uh, there's a for one reason or another there's a problem and you've got a guest that's uh, that's booked in and um, it may be that you've got a much more lucrative booking that's 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 come along that's that you've got an inquiry and you know you you really want to accept that booking uh, but you've got somebody that's booked your property for a few nights and that has certainly happened to me on a few occasions um it could be something else like you know the boilers suddenly decided to pack up um so yeah do build 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 your connections in your local area and um then when you do have that situation then you can get hold of um, get hold of somebody else and uh, see if you can transfer the booking to them. And of course, you can still make money on that booking. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, is there anything else that you want to sort of mention about corporate lets? So a couple of other things. I think um, we, we were talking about um, uh, the properties and scaling up. Um, quite good to look for um, uh, new blocks in your area and um once you i did say earlier get get you know one or two properties under your belt to to actually learn the ropes but once you do feel that you're ready then it can be good to take on several units in in, in one block and okay. um, that's going to reduce down your reduce down your costs um with regards to cleaning and and, and maintaining those properties so so I think for, for corporate lets, and also you, you, you may well have um, a number of guests that um, are working for one company and they will want to stay okay. in, you know, Together, yeah. in close proximity to each other. So again, if you've, got, you know, if you've got three or four units in one block, then that again becomes, makes, it, makes it much more of an attractive proposition to those corporate clients as well. 
Okay, great. Um, well, I think it's a good place to wrap up there. If there's uh, anything else, anything you want to plug? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, okay. So, um, well, I we have, have two things because we can mention ours as well, but you go with yours first. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll go first. So, I will mention that we do have um, a virtual service accommodation masterclass. Um, and um, that is available. It's a home study course. Um, so, it's all online. And um, there's a total of nine hours worth of content, uh, which is available to people. And that really does run through in detail the whole process to understanding your area, um, setting up a new property for service accommodation, understanding the differences and what's needed for corporate as opposed to leisure guests, um, then running that property, operating it with the help of a virtual assistant, covers marketing. Um, all as, all aspects so um, that is available and that um, there's access to that via the uh, our website which is uh, solutions. great okay and uh, I suppose the other thing is we've got a specialist service accommodation program through YPN and it's called Total SA so I'm sure we'll put those in the show notes as well and it's actually Myself and Richard who run the programme. So <laughs> it's all very familiar content this uh this podcast for us. So it's like good to you know share some as a wider reach to people who are not subscribed yet. And uh if this is a you know an, a business that you are you know looking to get into, then uh please come and join us over there. Great. Well uh, thanks very much for your time, Richard. And uh Thank you, Michelle. Speaking to you very soon. All right, thanks, bye. Bye bye.